Welcome to Basic Black. Some of you are joining us on our live broadcast and others of you are joining us on Facebook Live and Twitter. I'm Callie Crossley, host of Under the Radar 89.7. Tonight, winning the votes of black women. One year to go now until Election Day 2020. Both Democrat presidential candidates and the Republican incumbent President Trump are honing in on women voters, especially black women voters. How do Democrat candidates make it clear that they are not taking these voters for granted? And what does the president need to say to African-American women to win more of their support? Joining me tonight, Parson Hicks. She was a 2016 elected at-large Massachusetts delegate to the RNC convention and is currently a registrar for the city of Manchester. Sharon Stout, deputy treasurer for the Massachusetts Democrats. She is also the co-chair for the Newton Democrats and a board member of the Emerge Massachusetts chapter, an organization that helps women prepare and run for office. And Kim McLaren, associate professor of writing, literature, and publishing at Emerson College. Welcome to you all. Thank you. Thank you. So we uh, learned last election in 2016 uh, in a very tangible way if you can say the power of the black women vote. So 94% of black women voted for Hillary Clinton. You could say, okay, well, she lost. How did that help? But then in the midterm elections that were more, more recently, they came out strong again. And the result is that we have a very diverse uh, Congress for the first time in, well, first time in history, actually, mm -hmm. to have this much. There are 42% of the women in Congress at this point are women of color. And that's all women of color, but that definitely had something to do with the black women vote. So how do you think at this point in time, and it's still early, mm -hmm. it's still early, Sharon, um, how are the Democrats doing, because you're representing them, in making the case to black women voters? I believe at this time we're making a point to go out and reach people now and reach our voters now. Um, we do a lot of trainings, we do a lot of workshops, we're doing a lot of voter registration, and it's a matter of making sure that they're being reached out now as opposed to waiting to the last three months of a campaign, that our vote matters, our vote counts, we do have a strong block in the Democratic Party itself. Like, we want to believe that, show that we are, we have the faith and we have the power and we respect that vote. Okay. So that's what we're doing now. Um, we are having this conversation at a time, and just a day or two ago, Ayanna Presley, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, stepped up and decided she's supporting Elizabeth Warren. That may uh, change the dynamic uh, for the presidential candidates, as it were, at this point. What do you think? For the primary. For the primary, um, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Elizabeth Warren right now has the, the wind at her back, um, and Ayanna Presley. Um, um, our own Ayanna Presley, but who now has a national profile standing for her, especially since AOC and the other members of the squad went for Bernie Sanders, um, I think it makes a statement. But I don't think that black women, contrary to belief, vote because other people tell them what to, who to vote for. I think black women are capable and competent to make up their own mind. And mm -hmm. I think um, based on what we see before us, the, the, the politicians who present to us and the, and the issues that are important to us. So as much as I love and admire Ayanna Presley, my vote doesn't depend on her. And I don't think most of my sisters, and I use that word largely um, either. So, so I think it can't hurt, but I don't know that it is know. it influential is the, is the because you know it's 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 uh seeing someone who is widely admired you know uh and representative of this democracy yeah i mean i think it's it's certainly 
influential to some extent. But what I'm saying is that I think, um, I mean, if she, I think it, if she hadn't gone for Elizabeth Warren, it would have been a bigger deal than mm. if she had, oh, quite frankly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Parson, uh, today, uh, President Trump launched the Black Voices for Trump in Atlanta, Georgia. He deliberately went to Georgia because uh, the next big debate for Democrats is going to be later on. He also had another fundraiser there. But his point was, uh, according to people who uh, represented that, I have something to say, too, to African-American voters and African-American women. He didn't get many the last go-round, uh, 8%. You're part of the 8% of conservative women that voted for him. But that's his statement today. So how do you think he's doing? I think he's doing great, uh, and I'm surprised. I thought it was closer to 4%, uh, but that's good to even hear that it's 8%. I think that since he has been elected, that he's proven himself to be a president for all people, especially in terms of the economy. And so I like, you know, I didn't know about Atlanta um, until probably only a few hours ago, uh, but I see him positioning himself in a way that previous Republican candidates didn't. Um, and back in uh, 2012, Mitt Romney waited just a few months before the actual election to put together a black advisory council. So I really appreciate the fact that President Trump is looking a year out and saying, this is a demographic that I also want to go for, and I don't want to do it just for show. So um, the numbers are smaller for uh, Dem uh, President Trump, uh, but he has a solid third 29% of um, you know, black voters. And I just want to make the point that people lined up in Atlanta down there to see him today for the Black Voices for Trump, so that needs to be on the table. But the issue is that uh, the black women who have been um, solidly voting uh, Democratic um, want to make sure that they are being wooed. Don't, mm -hmm. don't take us for granted, they said. Um, you may recall that there was a little back and forth uh, around the midterms with Tom Perez, the chair mm -hmm. of the Democratic Party, when a lot of black women voters took him to task and said, excuse me, mm -hmm. we are bringing yeah. a lot to the table and we want to see more uh, for our votes. And I is that being responded to in ways, in concrete ways that black women can feel like, okay, you heard us? I feel that the party has listened, um, at least for Massachusetts, our Massachusetts Democratic Party, we have brought together everyone pretty much at the table then to say, how do you feel? What is your position? What issues do you want us to make sure is heard? Um, and then with that, we're actually starting training going across the state, or I call them workshops and listening tours to make sure that we are making sure we touch all the pockets and that they're being heard. Um, it's proven we're a strong block. So, they're, hopefully they're listening to it. Now the point is once we do it at the state committee, then we bring it down to the city committee levels as part as I'm also part of Newton, and then bringing down the voter registration and knocking on the doors and talking to our voter block door by door. So what yeah. black women say they want um, in terms of, of uh, the issues that are most important to them, top of the line is criminal justice right. reform, right. which actually also means police, police brutality. Yes. Um, that's, as we've seen all the videos, we've seen what's going on in the streets with Black Lives Matter, and this, black women are very extremely strong about it. This is, we want to see you talking about that. The economy is extremely important to us as well, but that's, that is number one right now. Yeah, and I don't know that the DNC is um, addressing that issue, right? Because I think um, the DNC is still um, trying to woo these Trump voters who will not be wooed um, and who should not, quite frankly, be wooed. Um, so, so when you said so, you mean men. 
You mean, I'm, I'm, all right, I mean this, yeah. this, this mythology mm -hmm. or this mythological or I guess existing, um, you know, white middle class, um, working class rather, white okay. working class, as if as if only white people belong to the working class, right? Um, but that's another thing. So this this working class voter block that people seem to be obsessed with. So my concern is that the DNC is not paying enough attention to its rock solid base, um, and if black women had a more viable choice, which in my opinion, the GOP is absolutely not. Um, I think we could be in danger of losing it. So I think some of the campaigns are doing a really good job of speaking to the issues that affect and black women care about, but I don't know that the party is being, is, is, un, is valuing us still as much as they value this white working class vote that they that they want. Well, let me step, take it away from the party and say, what about the candidates? Yes. Uh, it seems to me that the, uh, the candidates, each of them, uh, have said something to try to reach this demographic. So how successful do, are, are they in yeah. your mind? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, um, and, you know, everybody else can jump in. I think, mm -hmm. obviously, the, the candidates are, are some of the candidates. I think Elizabeth Warren has done a really good job. I think um, Mayor Pete is attempting to do. He's very clearly understands that he has to reach that. I think he made a misstep or a miscalculation with this last thing about um, slandering black people and saying that we were homophobic, but I don't want to go down too far on that, mm -hmm. that path. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I think the, the candidates, and Joe Biden of course believes that he has this, this, um, this demographic locked up, and, and, and at the start of this he did. My mom was solidly in, you know, my mom and my sister solidly in Joe Biden's camp, so. Um, and I should mention, Bloomberg just said, indicated today, yeah. former mayor of New York, Bloomberg, indicated that he might get in the race. Mm -hmm. Does that mean anything to you? No, because we can't pick a side at this point, so oh. we just all bring them under one tent. Okay, that might mean something to you because no. that'd be another rich New Yorker no. opposing the president. He keeps saying that. I'll wait until his name actually shows up on a ballot. Okay. I mean, you know, back to the party focusing on working class, and I agree with you. It's not just white people who are working class, so every time I hear white working class, it grates me as well. Um, I think that they are focusing on that to a degree because that's really who was lost in the last election. And again, you know, I'm a little bit the odd woman out on this panel. I'm not going to vote for whoever comes out on the Democratic side. But I look at it and I say, what incentive do any of the candidates or do the party, does the party have to really woo the black woman vote mm. when that is the most solid base? It doesn't matter who ends up the front runner. They're going to vote for that person anyway. Well, the question is a turnout and yes. a passion. Right. That's the, that's yeah, the, the decision. So yes, well, we are going to vote because we know that the GOP is deadly for us. And so we are going to vote for Democratic. Yes, I'm well, sorry, but we're going to say that. But yes, the, but the, the impetus that the DNC and the Democrats need to do is to focus on turnout. They need to appeal to us to get us out to the, to the polls. So what the analysts say is, uh, Parsons, that uh, President Trump and um, and to a larger extent the GOP, but really it's President Trump, um, have decided that we can't reach a lot of folk, but if we just made just a little bit of percentage that we trimmed off 94% to, I don't know, um, you know, 92%, that makes a difference in close places in some of the battleground states. So that's what some of the, some of the analysts are saying is why he went straight to the heart of Georgia, which is a very overwhelmingly um, black city. Also, it's the place where the Democrats are having the, the debate at Tyler Perry's studio. Tyler Perry's very well-known um, 
a black actor and uh, uh, producer, and he owns this huge lot, so as to make a point, I, I will go anywhere. He also has said that his top issues are criminal justice because of the first step thing um, and jobs. But, you know, I think the, the issue for uh, more black, not just women, but black people in general, is that they can't get over the racist part of it. That's the layer of racism on top of some of his pronouncements, some of the people around him, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe they could hear jobs and, and uh, you know, some of the other the points that he would like to tell. But that's, I think when people look at you, they think, okay, you're not diamond and silk, <laughs> which is it? They're you know from North I mean? Carolina, so I'm not going to uh, <laughs> You don't have them. to, but I'm saying, but my point is, is that, you know, you know you're a reasonable person making a, a, an informed decision for yourself. So what can you say to other black women to say, come over to my side, or at least hear what the president is saying, because I think there's something uh, that he has to offer. Well, I mean, I would disagree with this premise that he's racist or that he's even said racist thing. And I would even go further and say to say that the GOP is deadly is a bit sensational. Um, you Let know, me just ask me, you a question about and I, about when he said go back to where you came from. You don't think that's that was a racist? So statement? this was when he was talking to the squad. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there are times when the president makes statements that can be seen as racially insensitive. Um, you know, I think that when he made that comment, that he was probably mostly directing it to um, uh, Representative Omar, who is not from here. And I feel strongly if someone is going to be from another country and they're complaining about She's America, a She's about, a and that, and that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Well, but well, if then. you don't, but if you don't like it here and you came here, then that is also an option. You can go back. No, I that's mean, not. That's, that's, but, 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 but he was yeah. referring to all of them. So, so my point not, is, so and yeah, I don't want to debate this. And I will say, and I will say that I don't want to debate this. There's nothing to debate. Supporting, yeah. Because clearly, Ayanna Presley is from here. Like that was one of those things where, yeah, probably not the best choice of words. But my point is, I think when people focus on, oh, everything that he says is racist, I just don't agree with that. At the end of the day, I'm choosing my vote based on not emotions, but based on the values. And it comes down to what do I feel the role of the government is in our lives? And that is why I can't ever just go over to the democratic side because I don't feel like government is supposed to be here to save us. We talk about things like Medicare for all, and that is completely opposite of values on the conservative side. And so there yes, are a indeed. lot That's of true. Southern, there That's are a true. lot of Southern <laughs> black people yeah. who are conservative. And I think that we can get to them the message based on the actual values. If people could, you know, take a step back and stop being so overly emotional. You know, I, I, about really, I think it's, it's, it's really odd that people accuse uh, people who um, advocate for black people of being emotional. That's another way of turning the conversation away from the topic at hand, right? As is the, as is the topic the, um, of um, saying, there are, there are in fact a lot of black people who are conservative, um, but also this parsing of Donald Trump's racism, race, racism, racially sensitive. You can set all of that aside. For me, there, I mean, first of all, there's no, there's no debate. Don, Donald oh, Trump is right. racist. Yes. There's mm -hmm. no debate. But setting that aside, he is a liar, he is immoral, and he is corrupt. And black people recognize that. So not only is he dangerous for um, black people, he's dangerous for this country. I don't want to get off too far. No, I'm not I don't want to black people. Let me just put this out there. Um, and because I didn't want to litigate that, I really want to get to why you. So, 
Let, me, let me play this. Uh, during a rally in 2016, President Trump singled out an African-American. Uh, his name was Don Cheadle. He said, that's my African-American. He, he was a supporter of the president. He is a still very much a conservative um, Republican. And recently, Cheadle came out and said to CNN's Don Lemon, he can't support the president or the party because of the racism. And that's his Wait, let's, let's, let's take a listen to what he had to say. Uh, look at my African-American over here. Look at him. Are you the greatest? Do you know what I'm talking about? I just felt that within me that I could make a difference. I could bring awareness to the plight of black people and, and just have the people, you know, join me in that and trying to make a change. Mm -hmm. But the more I uh, worked toward that end, the more resistance I was met with. And yeah. so finally just came to the point where I just could not stomach the rejection anymore and said, sayonara. How in the world can you think about being involved with a party that doesn't want you. I mean, since I've left the party, not a single Republican has reached out and tried to say, you know, Greg, you know, what can we do? None of that stuff. I've not uh, been contacted by any of the quote-unquote right-wing media or anyone. So the Republican Party is bent on being all white. So that's one person, as you are one person. But I think it's instructive that that's somebody that President Trump related to and he had an experience that I think is, is instructive in this moment. That yeah. is one person, and I've been a part of the party for 20 years, and that hasn't been my experience. The problem that I have with this entire conversation is that as long as the other side can keep us fixated on race, it means that they don't actually have to put forth any sort of proposals that really makes a difference for black women. At the end of the day, like I said, I'm on this panel, and I really don't care who comes out on the Democratic side. But as a black woman, I want to see black women use a little bit more of their power to demand certain things from their party. When uh, the race in Alabama happened and everyone celebrated about, oh, how black women were the ones who put you know, this candidate over the top, what did they get out of that? I'm not even sure. But at the end of the day, if all of our votes are in one party and we never have someone else fight for our vote, why do they even have to court us? Well, I, I, I would I, 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 let, let, let Sharon, <laughs> let me say, let, let Sharon uh, answer that. And I would say there are some people that would agree with you about pe feeling taken for granted. So now I'm going to just go ahead. And mm -hmm. I will agree with that part. And <laughs> for years and for certain cycles, that's what we do feel like. Because again, I've been around different races for 29 years. So there are some races out there, the candidates, you know, they'll court this city or this city and they'll, they'll touch this city at the end because either they don't believe we have a strong vote or they take for granted that we're going to vote. I guess right now what we're trying to do, acknowledging both of the feelings that you have out here, is that what is it that is best for us? What do we want? How it feels? I have Republican friends and we go to dinner and we go to lunch and it is. It's, I think the original conversation or the question was, what do you feel or what the values or what makes you content with voting on the Republican side, regardless of who the candidate is, I think that's more the question. What are the values that I want you to, to address over? her answer, though. She's yeah. saying, what did you get out of it? You know, because the thing right, is, what did you get? Right, because I'd ask you the yeah. same question. Yeah. What are you getting? What mm -hmm. makes you vote on that side? Like, what do you have to show for it? For me, what I, when I vote on that side and I vote for who I believe in, I am getting the services that I believe in. I'm, I'm seeing the social services out there that I believe in being funded. I'm seeing people fight for different values and different issues out there that's not necessarily fought for normally. 
I'm, I'm seeing a change in our candidate scheme and our representation now because we come out to vote. I'm, for me, I'm not, I'm, I am happy with what I see. Could we want more? Yes. But I don't see anything on the other side that's enticing me as of yet. And that's the point. Okay. Nobody would be happier. I, I think what, what, I, what I resent is the implication that black people don't recognize the lesser of two evils when they see it. Nobody is in love with the Democratic Party. It is simply, <laughs> I, it is, I'm sorry, but it's true. And there's a lot of problems. And I, I agree with the part that um, the Democratic Party often, most often, takes, it takes um, black women for granted. There's no question. And the question of how you hold these um, candidates accountable is a really important one. Just this week, some group of black women, black women activists, writers, intellectuals, came out with their endorsement for Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. And in that endorsement, they explicitly listed what they expect her to do in order to continue to mm -hmm. earn their support. So this is a way we step forward for this. This is a part of it. But um, nobody would be happier to see a party compete for the black vote. The, the, the Republican Party does not do that in a way that speaks to the heart of black people. We can even get into the issue of gerrymandering and the vast and documented ways that the GOP has tried to suppress the black vote, has tried to disenfranchise black votes. So that, to me, that is not a party that is respecting me and is, um, wants my vote when they are working tooth and nail, hammer and tongue, to disenfranchise and suppress black vote. And that has been well documented, and it's not arguable. It's, and every party happened. that's in power gerrymanders. And maybe if the majority of black people didn't vote Democratic, it wouldn't come down to race. It's more about, if I know this whole So the whole party block has to resort to um, not so, gerrymandering that's so bad that, that courts have turned it around. So you have to report to, but you have to resort to. But everyone does it. To, when the Democrats are in power, no, they, they didn't do, do it. it. No, no. I think what uh, Kim is referring to is the Supreme Court coming down on North Carolina, for example, yes, doing right. a kind of extreme, 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 and and the court used the term racist gerrymandering. That's the courts. That's not me. That's what the court said. Well, it's, yeah, it's because, because most of the people who ended up being affected by it were black. But those voters are also that's yeah, that right. so it I was can't say that it's only about race. I cannot. I do not. Yeah. I would not say that it's only about race. If our votes were diversified, maybe the gerrymandering that's happening in the way that it is would not be happening that way. So I think the point is, is that um, it's hard. Um, you know, there are people sitting in, in the space where Kim is sitting, saying, "All right, you know, I want to put my vote someplace where I think it can uh, speak to." the issues of concern to me in a respectful way. And if I don't think that um, the leader of the party is at least respecting me in the way that he approaches most of the people in my demographic, whether it offends you or not, it's tough. That's a tough, that's a tough road well, to But own. I don't ever expect someone like him to ever be open to voting for someone like President Trump. That's there true. Are I would never people. be open to voting for Trump. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, but, but I'm but saying, I'm not speaking of just Kim. I'm talking about other people who are who are put off by that. Maybe they could hear him on the criminal justice reform thing. Because there are some people who are not so focused on style and they actually care about the substance of what he's doing okay. and I the results that of that. This is substance we're talking this about This is now. substance. This is substance this we're right. talking But again, I have yeah. to look at what's style. happening right now in terms of you know, people's pockets. Again, I can't overlook I the yeah. economy because when the economy is bad, who is impacted the most? It is black 
people. So I can't just the, act like that doesn't matter. It yeah, does matter. I, I don't, you know, it absolutely. And it's it's on everybody's list, yeah. by the way. All, every, all the black women have it high up on the list. The economy is very important to them. And, the fir and you yeah. said criminal justice. And, and even criminal when he did First Step very, Act, I mean, yeah. he didn't really get credit for it. So at the end of the day, I don't feel like it's going to matter what he does. There's still going to be people who are just so anti. And that's why I can still appreciate well, that he's he, going to try. He's going to try say, with he, his... Where will he get if he doesn't? <laughs> right. Well, you he, have if, to try. You okay. have to try. All right. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, the question is... Um, how black how black women activate their vote to in the best way possible for them to uh, end up with what they believe are the people who are going to represent their best interests and not take them for granted, um, you know, give them an give them a chance and an opportunity. And uh, we're at, we're at a crossroads right here, and it'll be very interesting to see how this heats up as it comes on because, mm -hmm. you know. All right, so the president has said he's going to be out there doing his thing, and there are, there are other people pointing out the docu with documented evidence about what he hasn't done and also keeping the feet to the fire for the Democratic candidates. Yeah. But anyway, that's the end of our broadcast right now and the end of our show. I want to thank you all for uh, joining me, um, and we're going to continue our conversation because we're not done. We have some other things to talk about on this topic on Facebook Live and Twitter, so you can join us there with your questions.